Good afternoon. Welcome to the GYCSE seminar on the health message. I'm so glad to see you guys here this afternoon. Before we begin studying God's word, I'd like to bow our heads for prayer. So please bow your heads with me for prayer. Father, I just want to thank you so much for the Sabbath that you've given us and ask for you to please send your spirit now to be with us as we study your word. Please speak through me and touch the hearts of the people here and help us to go away, not just having heard a good message, but with a changed life through your power. Amen. I was reading an interesting story the other day. It was of a man on his way to work in Harlem, New York. And he went and he got on the subway station. He was waiting for the train to come along. And you know, they say the train is coming in three minutes. And as the train was on its way, the man standing next to him fainted and fell down onto the train tracks. And this man saw this terrible thing happen. The train was coming and he said, I have got to go rescue this man. So he jumped down on the train tracks, rescued the stranger, and saved his life. An incredible, heroic story. And then media, they love stories like this. The next day they came and they said, why did you do this? And we hear stories like this, and usually the answer is, well, he looked, the stranger looked like my brother, or he looked like my father or my son. But the answer that this man gave was different. It was very unusual. He said, the reason that I jumped on the track when the train was coming and saved this stranger was because I was on the way to work. And I knew that on the weekend, you get one and a half times for your income. And I knew that if the man was on the track and the train hit him, I wouldn't be able to get my train to work and I wouldn't get that extra money. What a pity! This man did something wonderful and it was ruined because he did it for the wrong reason. He did it because he wanted to get more money, not because he wanted this stranger's life to be saved. He did the right thing for the wrong reason. And so the question comes to us, could we be doing the right thing for the wrong reason? The question comes to us, could we be living the health message but doing it for the wrong reason? So this afternoon, I want to study what the health message is and why it's so important, why we need to do it for the right reason and what that means. God wants us to not just know what the health message is, not just have a theoretical head knowledge of it, but to have it come and impact our hearts, to impact our lives, to change our life. And we're going to study what that means this afternoon. So first, to know what the right thing is, we have to know what the health message is. In 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, turn with me to 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, we read, what? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? Verse 20. For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. 
and you flip over a few more chapters to 1 Corinthians 10.31. It says, Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. The health message is a call to us personally to live lives that glorify God, glorify Him in following Him, glorify Him in living a life of self-denial, saying, God, you want this. Even though that's not my desire, I'm going to follow you. It's more than just how we care for our bodies. It's a life of self-denial, of surrender to Christ. And God's calling us to live like that, to live to glorify Him. But the health message is more than that. It's more than just personally living to glorify God. It's living like Christ lived. It's blending physical and spiritual ministry to others. This is not just for healthcare providers. This is for every church member. And we're going to unpack that over these next few seminars. Matthew 4.23. Turn with me to Matthew 4.23. And we read, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in those synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Jesus' ministry was teaching, preaching, and healing. He wasn't just preaching. He wasn't just healing. He was doing all three things, and he was teaching. He was instructing them how to live, both in their body and in their spirit, physical and spiritual, in a way that would glorify God. Not only did Jesus live a life that combined teaching, preaching, and healing, he instructed his disciples to do the same. We see this in Matthew 10, verses 1, 7, and 8. A few chapters over, Matthew 10, verses 1, 7, and 8. Verses 1 starts out, And when he had called his twelve disciples to him, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease. Verse 7, and as you go preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Jesus is saying to his disciples, you're called to preach, verse 7, and you're called to heal. You're to combine these two things, one person doing both in your ministry to others. You're to live like I left. That's what Jesus is calling his disciples to do, to blend medical work and ministry. And it's as you receive the power that you see in verse 1. Christ gives you power to do that. And then in verse 8, as you have received from Christ, you give. So this is saying this is something that we have to personally experience. And then we, out of our relationship with Christ, out of what God is doing in our lives, we give because God has given to us. The health message is a call to glorify God in our bodies. And it's a call to follow Christ in blending medical work and evangelism. God is calling every church member to this ministry. So we know what the health message is, the head knowledge. But the question comes to us, what about the hurt? What does that mean in our lives? How does that impact our life? You can do the right thing for the wrong reason. So now that we know what we should do, let's see why we should be doing it. 
why do we need to have the health message go from a theoretical knowledge to something impacting our heart, impacting our lives? Could we be doing what's right, but doing it for the wrong reason? Could we be living healthy lives, living long lives for ourselves, for our personal benefit, for selfish reasons? Could we be sharing physical health with others, which is a good thing, but not sharing them with them eternal life, what matters most? Why is the health message so important? What does it mean in our lives? What's our motivation? In how we care for our body, what we eat, how we live, in everything we do. Are we doing it for selfish reasons? Do we want to exercise and eat and do all these things just so that we feel good about ourselves, so we look thin or muscular? Or are we wanting to do it so we can have a closer relationship with Christ? Let's see what the Bible has to say about this. 1 Corinthians 13, 3. 1 Corinthians 13, 3. Turn with me there. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. God is saying, you can do the right thing. I mean, what in our minds is more noble than giving your life for Christ, giving everything you have to the poor? But God's saying, if you do this and your motivation is wrong, you're not doing it out of love for God, love for others, it doesn't do any good. And so the same question comes to us. Could we be even living the health message, but not but missing the point because we're doing it for the wrong reason. Why does it matter so much? Why should we follow the health message? Turn with me to Leviticus 10, verse 8 through 11. Leviticus 10, verse 8 through 11. Then the Lord spoke to Aaron, saying, Do not drink wine or intoxicating drink. You nor your sons with you. When you go into the tabernacle of meeting, lest you die, it shall be a statute forever throughout your generations that you may distinguish between holy and unholy, between unclean and clean, and that you may teach the children of Israel all the statutes which the Lord has spoken to them by the hand of Moses. Let's unpack this some more. In 1 Peter 2, 9, we read, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. God is saying, you are a royal priesthood. And in the same sense that God gave the message to Aaron, he is saying this is a message specifically for us today as a royal priesthood of God. So let's see what this message is. The Lord spoke to Aaron saying, do not drink wine or intoxicating drink. God is giving Aaron a message of health for the people, a message of temperance in alcohol, it specifically mentions, but that, that impacts other areas of, of our life, temperance in all things. God is saying, the way you care for your body affects your mind, affects your relationship with me. Any form of intemperance. We may not particularly personally struggle with alcohol, but there's other areas. Excessive food, even of something good, 
or work, intemperance even in ministry, burning the candle at both ends. God is saying, I'm calling you to temperance in all things. I'm calling you to glorify me in how you live my life, your life. Then the Lord spoke to Aaron, or in Leviticus 10, 8 through 11. Then the Lord spoke to Aaron saying, do not drink wine or intoxicating drink. You nor your sons with you. This wasn't just a message for Aaron. He was called to personally live it. It was for him and his sons with him. God is saying, the way we personally take care of our health impacts those around us. It impacts our friends. It impacts our family. And God's saying, there's people constantly watching your example. And the way you live impacts those around you. It impacts your children. It impacts everyone that sees you. Then the Lord spoke to Aaron, saying, Do not drink wine or intoxicating drink. You nor your sons with you, when you go into the tabernacle of meeting. This was a message given to people going to meet with God, people professing to serve God, people like Seventh-day Adventists. This is a message specifically for us, specifically for me, specifically for you. Then the Lord spoke to Aaron saying, do not drink wine or intoxicating drink. You nor your sons with you when you go into the tabernacle of meeting, lest you die. God is saying this message of temperance, this message of how you care for your health, how it impacts the people around you, it's a matter of life and death. It's not a matter of insignificance. Often we treat the health message like it's the icing on the cake of our doctrine is the take or leave. If you feel like it's convenient, then you will care for your body. But God say, no, it's a matter of life and death. It's a matter of eternal life and eternal death. I love you so much that I don't want you to experience eternal death. And I'm giving you this message as a way to help you grow spiritually. I'm giving you this message as a way that we can have a closer relationship together. I'm giving you this message out of love. Then the Lord spoke to Aaron, saying, Do not drink wine or intoxicating drink. You nor your sons with you when you go into the tabernacle of meeting, lest you die. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations that ye may distinguish between holy and unholy, between clean and unclean. This is the reason for the health message. This is the reason why it's of internal importance, of eternal life and death. This is why it's not an optional part of our message. It's essential to our spiritual growth. God is saying the reason is because it helps you distinguish between holy and unholy, between clean and unclean. If you can't tell right from wrong, then you might think wrong is right and right is wrong. And you'd be all confused. How are you to know God's will if you don't have a mind that's clear to hear God's voice? God is calling us to follow the health message, not for selfish reasons, not so that we feel better about ourselves, so we look better. God is calling us to follow the health message so we can have a closer relationship with Him, 
so that we can know his will. We can know right from wrong. We can have eternal life. He's saying this is a key to help you grow spiritually. This is a key for others to grow spiritually. This is my gift to you out of love. Then the Lord spoke to Aaron, saying, Do not drink wine or intoxicating drink. You nor your sons with you. When you go into the tabernacle of meeting, lest ye die. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations that you may distinguish between holy and unholy and between clean and unclean and that you may teach the children of Israel all the statutes which the Lord has spoken to them by the hand of Moses. Not only is the health message something essential to our growth spiritually, not only is it essential for us to be able to distinguish between right and wrong, but God is saying once you personally experience that, you have an influence that impacts those around you. You know right from wrong. Then you are set up to teach others the statutes of God. Teach others the health laws of God. Teach others the truth in the word of God. God is saying this will also give you personal health, personal strength to go out and do that, to fulfill my great commission to reach the world. God is calling us first to personally live the health message so we can distinguish between right and wrong, so we can have an impact on those around us. And then, and only then, so we can go and reach the world. We can teach them the truth. So the question goes back to us. Could we be doing the right thing for the wrong reason? Could we be living the health message, even doing everything right? being very healthy sinners. Could we be doing it for the wrong reason? God asks us to search our hearts this morning and say, why do I do what I do? God's saying the reason for the health message is not for yourself, but it's so that you can know God more, so you can grow spiritually, it's so you can share God with others. That's why the health message matters. It's a matter of life and death eternally. It's essential to spiritual growth. Not just for ourselves, but that's the reason that we share it with others. We don't want to just share health with others so that they can have a few more years to live to themselves. We want to share it with others so that they can have a mind that's going to be more receptive to the love of God. And sure, we are glad to see them have a healthier, happier life, but that's only one part of the puzzle in the great plan of salvation that God has for the people that we're to reach out to. God wants us to live the health message, to share the health message, so that people can know God, to have a closer relationship to Him, to grow spiritually. Would you like to follow Christ in caring for your health so that you can know God more? So the question comes to us, now that we know what the head knowledge is, what the theoretical, the what of the health message, and we know it needs to come and impact our lives, what does that look like practically? How does that impact my life? How does that happen? How does the health message go from my head to my heart? How is it lived out in my life? 
not just in how we personally care for our health, not just in why we care for our health, not just in why we share health with others, but in everything that we do. God is calling us to live this. And the question comes, how do we do that? How do we have this new life? The first step I would like to suggest in living the health message truly so we can have a closer relationship with Christ is to realize our need. Realize that we can't just make more promises, say, I am not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to try harder. That doesn't work. And we have to realize it doesn't work and say, God, I realize I can't do this. I have sin. I have a need. I need you. Turn with me to Romans 7, verse 19, 24, and 25. Romans 7, verses 19, 24, and 25. It says, For the good that I will to do, I do not do. But the evil I will not to do, that I practice. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. What we want to do, we don't do. And what we don't want to do, we do. I think we can all identify with this. And God's saying the only solution is in Jesus. He's our hope. He will give us deliverance over every sin in our lives. The first step in living a new life is to realize you can't do it on your own. We're broken. We're sinful. We need Christ. I would like to suggest that the next step is yielding ourselves to Christ. The next step in experiencing the health message going from our heads to our hearts, for doing the right thing for the right reason, is yielding to Christ. Luke twenty-two forty-two says, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Christ experienced the struggle that we face. And he said, Father, I don't want to go through this, but not my will, but yours be done. Christ shows us how to overcome. And it's through surrendering our will to God. It's through yielding to Christ, through surrender of the will. And it's through choosing to follow God. That's another step in surrendering your will. Joshua 24, 15 says, Choose you this day who you will serve. This is not a de uh, decision to delay. God's saying, make this choice today. Because if you don't choose today, then you might not be able to distinguish between right and wrong tomorrow if you don't live up to the light that I've shown you today. God's saying, choose today to follow me. In Matthew 26, 41, Christ says, watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. We can't depend on our own flesh. We can't depend on our own resolutions, our own promises. We have to depend on the word of God. We have to watch and pray like Christ tells us. That's how we overcome. We overcome through yielding to Christ, through surrendering our will, and choosing to follow God. God's calling us to pray and surrender our wills before temptation comes so that in the moment we don't just yield to how we feel. God's calling us to follow his will 
to, when possible, avoid places of temptation, and when it's not possible, to cling to Christ through prayer, through his strength, not ours. Daniel had this experience. In Daniel 1.8, Daniel 1.8, we read, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Daniel chose that regardless of what situations he was in, regardless of how he felt, he was going to follow God. And it was God's strength, not his own, that made him victorious. In the same way, we overcome through prayer, through following God's will, regardless of what situations were faced, and through Christ's strength, not our own. God is calling us to have an experience in his power that gives us a new life. God is calling us to realize our need to yield to him through surrendering our will and choosing to follow him, and then claim the promises of God. Turn with me to 2 Peter 1, verses 3 and 4. 2 Peter 1, verses 3 and 4. According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Verses 3. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. It's through the promises of God that we become partakers of the divine nature, that we have a new life. It's through the promises of God, not our own promises, that we live a new Christian experience, that we have the health message go from our heads to our hearts, that we not only do what's right, but we do it for the right reason, that we share Christ with others so they can have a closer walk with God. Matthew 4.4 shows how Christ claimed the promises of God in temptation. He claimed it through claiming the word of God. He said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Christ overcame through claiming the promises of God. He had memorized them, and he repeated them when temptation came. And God calls us to do the same, to memorize his word, so that when we're there without the Bible in our hand, we have it in our mind, we can repeat it and overcome through the word and through prayer. God is calling us to live and to overcome like Christ lived and overcame. And promises that you might find helpful to claim. There's so many, I had a hard time picking which ones to share. But two of my favorites are 1 Corinthians 10, 13. You might want to jot these down. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but will with the temptation also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Another one I like is Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. These and other verses will be good 
to memorize. So that when Satan comes to attack us, we not only have the weapon of prayer, we have the Word of God in our minds so that we can defeat the enemy. We can't do it through our own strength. We can't do it through our own promises. We can do it through God's power in our lives, through prayer and through the Word of God, through God's promises. God is calling us to experience His conversion power in our lives. As we have this experience, claiming God's promises, through surrendering our will, through realizing our need, God is calling us to experience His conversion power in our lives. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17. Turn with me there. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. God is saying, whatever your past experience, whatever temptations you fall into, whatever you struggle with, I have power for you to overcome. I have strength. I have a new beginning for you. I have forgiveness. Would you like to experience that in your life? Christ has power to do whatever we need. He changed the water to wine. Something that to some people may have seemed small in comparison to raising Lazarus. He has power for whatever situation we need. He had power for the man lying for 38 years by the pool of Bethesda. Seemingly a hopeless case. I'm sure this man had watched many people be healed and said, it's just too late for me. I've been lying here 38 years. I mean, I'm not even 38 years old. I can only imagine lying there for 38 years, a case that seemed hopeless. Christ came. He brought healing to this man. God's word has power. God can create new life in us. God can create new life in those around us. Would you like to have that new life in your life? God has power to take Saul and turn him into Paul, someone that was relentlessly persecuting the people of God. He thought he was right, but he was actually wrong. He thought genuinely that he was doing God's will, but he was doing just the exact opposite. And the same lives, in the same way in our lives, wherever we have been, God is saying, even if you have been doing what's right, out of a genuine hurt, but it was actually wrong, doing the right thing for the wrong reason, or even doing the wrong thing. God's saying, I have a new experience for you to have. I have new power. I have a new life for you. And God is calling us not just to realize our need, not just to yield to Christ through surrendering our will, through choosing to follow Him, not just to claim the promises of God, but also to thank Him as we claim the promises, as we experience God's power in our lives. Turn with me to 2 Chronicles 20, verse 17, 21, and 22. 2 Chronicles 20, verses 17, 21, and 22. I really like the story of Jehoshaphat. It's very interesting. 
says, starting in verse 17, Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourself, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. And skipping down to verse 21. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord. And that should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army. And to say, praise the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. And this is the really interesting part. It says in verse 22, And when they began to sing and to praise... The Lord set ambushes against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, which would come up against Judah, and they were smitten. Now I have a question for you. Was it before or after they began to sing and praise that they had the victory? When they began to sing and praise, then the Lord set ambushes against the children of Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir, which would come out against them, and they were smitten. So they began to sing this, sing and praise God for the victory he was going to give before the victory was fully realized. Is that clear? God is calling us. When we claim the promises of God, we experience his forgiveness for the past to praise him for the victory he has given us, that he has given us in the future. God is saying that praising God, singing to him, thanking him is a key to victory. It's a key to living a new life. Even before we've actually experienced it, claiming God's promise and realizing it is ours, the victory is ours through Christ. God is calling us to thank God for what He is doing and what He will do in our lives. Yes. God is calling us to have this experience daily, to realize our need, to yield to Christ through surrendering our will and choosing to follow Him through claiming the promises of God, through thanking God and experience His conversion power in our lives. God is saying this is the way through this daily experience that you can have a new life, that you can have the head knowledge of the health message go into your hearts, the way that you can do the right thing for the right reason, the way you can live a new life. Luke 9.23 says, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Christ is calling us daily to have this experience, to yield ourselves to him, to surrender our will to him. Christ is calling us daily to have a deep devotional life that experiences this, that is deep in the Word of God, that's deep in prayer, that gives us the victory. The victory is through God's promises, through Him, not ourselves. God is calling us to a deeper devotional life. And as we have this daily experience, God is saying, I have joy, peace, and purpose that you will have in your life. There's no if, ands, or buts about it. God says, this is certain. The joy, the peace, and the purpose is certain. You will have it as you follow me. 
Are you guys looking for that in your lives? Turn with me to Isaiah 55, verse 12. Isaiah 55, verse 12. For ye shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. God's saying, you will go out with joy, you will be led forth with peace. This doesn't mean that life is going to be a piece of cake. This does not mean that med school is suddenly going to be just easy. I won't have to study more. That's not what God's saying. God's saying, you will still have trials, but you will know that no matter what, face what you face on earth that I am in church that your destiny is with me that you don't have anything to fear and it's Christ that gives us that joy that peace in our lives Romans 8 verse 28 turn with me there Romans 8 28 it's a familiar verse but it's a good one And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. And we often focus on the part of all things are going to work together for good. But it's also saying that God has his purpose for you. As you follow his purpose for your life, everything will fall into place. We may not understand some of the situations we go through, but God's saying, as you follow me, even though life may not be easy, you will have joy, peace, and purpose as you live for me. God is calling us to do the right thing for the right reason. God is calling us to live the health message, to glorify him. Not for ourselves, not so that we just feel healthy and feel good and live a few more years. God's calling us to live the health message so that we can experience eternal life, so that we can distinguish between right and wrong, so that we can know truth from error, and we can know what God would have us do. God is saying, care for your body so that you can have a clear mind to know my will, to hear my voice. God is saying, be temperate in everything you do so that we can have a closer relationship. This is my gift to you out of love, my key for your success spiritually. This is not just an optional doctrine, an optional truth. God is saying this is essential to your growth spiritually. God is saying this is not just for you personally to be healthy. This is for you to share with others so they can have a closer relationship with Christ. This is so they can hear God's voice. They can know God's will. And as you personally live that in your life, we saw how it impacts those around you. It impacts your family. It impacts your friends. They see how you live, and they ask questions, and they see that you've been with Jesus. And as you personally live the health message, as it impacts those around you, your family and friends, then God says, go and tell others. Teach others my way. Teach them what the Bible has to say. Teach them the way of salvation. Teach them how to live a healthy life that glorifies God. God is calling us 
to live a healthy life that glorifies Him so we can have a closer walk with Him. He's calling us to live a healthy life, but to do it for the right reason, to do it so we can know Him more. And He's calling us to share the health message with those all around us so they can have a closer walk with Christ. I really want to make an appeal with every head bowed and every eye closed. This morning we've seen in God's word that he's calling us to personally live the health message. He's calling us to intentionally care for our bodies to honor him. And if you'd like to respond this morning saying, God, I would like to honor you in how I take care of my body. I would like to take the health message seriously and glorify you in everything I do, including how I care for my health. If you could raise your hand, that's your desire. Second, God has showed us that the reason to be healthy is so we can have a closer relationship with Him. He's calling us to care for our bodies, not to live for ourselves, not so we feel better about ourselves, but so that we have a closer relationship with Christ, so that others have a closer relationship with Christ. And if this morning you would like to say, God, I want to care for myself, for my body, not for my own self, but so that I can have a closer walk with you. If that's your desire, raise your hand. And last, we saw that we cannot do this through our own strength. We can't do it by ourselves. We need God's power in our lives to have a new experience with Christ, to do what's right, but for the right reason, to honor God and how we care for our bodies. And if this morning you would like to, this afternoon you'd like to rededicate your life to Christ and experience His power to live a new life, I'd like to invite you to raise your hand. Okay. Let's bow our heads. Let's pray. Father, I just want to thank you so much for your word that gives us guidance and life. And I want to thank you for the decisions that were made this afternoon. Please seal them. Strengthen us to do your will, to overcome through your power, not through ourselves. Please strengthen us to live healthy lives so that we can have a closer walk with you and to share that with those around us. Thank you so much for hearing our prayer. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.